It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Vibrant Living Network. Have you ever wondered what is possible beyond possible? What is the thing you've been wondering and inquiring about? Are you just feeling stuck and don't know why? Are you thinking or are you seeing? Seeing allows us to expand and have this other experience. We want to invite you for that wake-up call. We want to invite your spirit, your soul, so to be more alive, more connected, Glenn Brooks has been a life coach for over 33 years, author of Divorced to Patterns, Not Each Other, an explorer of what is possible. He has worked with people all around the world. Join us for a wake-up conversation, a dialogue with you. We will have some of the most interesting contributors. We will be talking to some of the most interesting people and have some of the most resourceful teachers, wisdom-filled people from around the world join us. Share your voice, ask the questions, become free of the known into a new world of possibility. We are going to talk about all the things you wonder about, how to live, how to heal, how to connect, how to love, how to be seen. Your life is precious. Enjoy it. Hello and welcome. I'm Glenn, I'm Glenn. I used to be able to say my name, Glenn Brooks. I'm glad you're with us today. And if we really explore all those things, it would take us a hundred years. So we're we're here to for the big exploration, the next, the deeper inquiry. And uh, I always love people who are loyal, kind, and caring, and have flexibility and love you. There's something about those people. I want to introduce Lisa LaRose, producer, co-host, deep friend, and she's willing to look beyond things that disturb her to love me yet again. Welcome, Lisa. I'm glad you're with us this morning. Thank you, Glenn. I appreciate that about you. Love that about you. Um, boy, John Adago. I was just thinking about John this morning, Lisa. I was just thinking like, there's, there's, there's a new life in all of us. It's always bubbling. And John has been studying these deep mystical teachings, the things that have been talked about and conveyed. And yet, we're in new times. We're in a different. We're in a different time. People are. They need to be able to take an idea. And, and bring it to modern times. So I, I think about John as this catalyst and facilitator of of these teachings and someone that has touched many, many people. John Adago, welcome to this format. I, I like to think, I want to say welcome to the table, John, our wisdom table. Uh, East Meets West is one of John's recent books. And he's what he's done is he's really brought together these teachings. And now with his traveling and teaching, he's going to be able to bridge the gap because we have all these modern day issues. Now, I also want to introduce a very beloved family member and friend, Janet Carusa, uh, who runs this beautiful Carafa. retreat center and yoga center. Carafa. I knew I was going to, I know I, I should have said to you earlier that it's taking me at least, I, I, I felt intuitively. Okay. Carafa. There we go. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I did it good that time. I'm ready to, I'm ready to roll now. So, uh, Janet Carafa, Janet Carafa, I'm sorry, it's practicing. So, Janet, um, you know what? I, you know what I was going to say in relation to the invisible Janet, because one of the highest compliments you gave me is a world class mime and a performer, someone who influences the business world at the Waldorf Astoria, and someone that really bridges the gap between the yoga world and the world of mime. He really touched my heart and opened another aspect to me. So part of the world of the invisible is actually how we speak to people in their language. You said to me, Rural and Glenn, you said, Glenn, you speak the language of mime. You know, you actually altered my whole sense of being because I realized so much of my life the way that I was, I didn't meet certain standards, or I was the one who didn't quite get it in the classroom. And I realized to have that kind of recognition, you kind of spoke my language. And I realized as I'm developing this series on vibrant dogs, you know, I'm looking at the fact that dogs don't need so much impositional training. They need to be spoken to in their language. So you spoke in my language. And then we had the biggest fight ever because I said, Janet, and you said, are you talking to me? And we went back and forth, and you said, Glenn, I'm going to get even with you by opening up a beautiful center in Kauai where I teach hot yoga and do retreats, and people are going to come around the world. So you've done that. By the way, that's the most brilliant way to get back at someone. So I hope that that's, that's a smart way because early on, what a teacher said to me is the, the way we usually get back, we, what do you say? We fail to get even. We fail to get even. And you thrived to go to another level, and I'm happy, so happy you're with us. And I want to let people know that Janet's part of Vibrant Speakers International. And uh, I've had many wonderful explorations with Janet. And John, I told John, I told Janet about you. And Janet has been so devoted to awakening and, and going to the next level. And, and really, she's been an explorer. And she's meditated. She's uh, she's performed. She's as a mime. What I love about her, what I love about what you're doing, John, is I think that the conversation of mime and the conversation of conscious and mystics is bridging a world of awareness of things that are uncommon. And yet so delicious, delectable, and touchable once you kind of crack the doorway. The first time I met Janet, this is true, I performed the mind piece with her on in, in, at the uh, Academy Theater. Janet, that was an absolute blast. And you're here with John and Lisa. I guess the thing is, since you're here, Janet, you're honored. You're honored. It's the first time you have had, we've got together in a little bit. And I immediately thought, John, I, I thought of Janet immediately. And I thought, you know, John should come teach at the Kauai Center because it's absolutely gorgeous and people travel the world to wake up there they to wake up there because it's so beautiful and there's not less obstacles. I know you had that experience recently in Florida fishing. So um first of all welcome John. Welcome to the table. Lisa well, I'm at Lisa well yeah go Lisa first. Go ahead John. I had too many names well, in my nice head. Go ahead. Nice to be here. Good. Uh, and, Good. and you mentioned these uh these ancient teachings and modern times. And it's useful to remember that the nature of men and women has not changed. So these principles, although they come from the past, they're universal. And this still is applicable in deepening our relationship to ourselves and everyone around us. They're just as applicable today as they were when men like Socrates walked the earth. All right. I'm going to go to uh, Lisa because I said Lisa... That was my intuitive thing, Lisa. I just know. I tried. I had to back it up. You know, it's Lisa. <laughs> I was going to say, welcome, uh, John, and welcome, Janet. You know, um, I was actually speaking to a friend yesterday, and I'm really glad you brought that up, John. Because we were 
talking about some of the teachings and the books and the things that are coming sort of up into consciousness right now. And a lot of the things were popular in the the late 1800s, early 1900s, and people think that it's new. All this stuff is new. And uh, it really, you know, it's touching into to wisdom that's been around. It's sort of been pushed by the, the wayside because of all the new gadgets and the other things that come into into today's reality. But it's it's touching in and reconnecting with the things that were really important. And, um, you know, I, I sort of deviated from the, the norm instead of using a Gurdjieff quote. I, I found mm. a Spensky quote, which said, you know, look only on that which is invisible and remember that in be thyself is the temple and the gate to it and the mystery and the initiation. And I think that really speaks to, to what we've been exploring and what we're going to continue to explore. And, um, you know, I, I'm i curious, uh, John, because you've, I'm not that familiar with Ospensky, but um, I, in, in his work, uh, in delving into thee thyself as the temple and the mystery and the initiation, um, would you would you comment on some some how, sure. how he actually did see he the he wrote a book he wrote a book and uh, and also gave a series of lectures under the title In Search of the Miraculous, and what he meant by the miraculous was a penetration beneath the superficial and mundane level in which we live most of our days. Most of our thoughts are preoccupied with keeping the body alive and relating with our immediate environment. But what he wished to teach was a method to go deeper, to touch a more profound reality that is our self. When he spoke about these universal ideas and, and ancient wisdom, he said, in fact, this treasure trove of wisdom exists within ourselves. We aren't taught it. We are just pointed the direction in which we can remember it. We remember ourselves, and when we touch this, this deep reservoir of stillness and silence within ourselves, and that can be done through meditation or contemplation or other disciplines where we come to ourselves for a few minutes each day, then this creative power is made available to us. And the knowledge arises that's relevant to our circumstances right now in this moment. Because that's what we need. When we find ourselves in a situation where we suddenly want the best from us to arise or we want to respond most appropriately with the most generosity and wisdom, what we need to learn to do is to touch this inner self and allow that which is ourself to come out and manifest. You know, um, that's very beautiful. Uh, Janet, Janet, I, I just want to say something yes. that I agree. Well, I, I agree with what Lisa was just saying about the, the teachings. What's interesting, the teachings in some ways are timeless and ages, but at the same time, oh, by the way, I just want to preface this by saying that I thought about yesterday, Janet. I had a Janet moment. You did. So my Janet, yeah, I had a Janet moment I wanted to tell you about. So. So the world of a mime is a really amazing world, which Janet lives and, you know, reaches many, many people with children and business people. So the other day I was, I was, I've been playing with the springtime 
just to do things like I, I've been doing 360s off like sidewalks, you know, the end of a sidewalk. I'll do, I do these just moves. I practice those things. I kind of, the question I've been asking myself is where does vital rhythmic pulsation live? Like where does the pulsation live and can I follow it in my body? And so yesterday I was, I was walking along some steps and this woman was coming towards me and I just decided I'll improv this next move and I fell. And of course she asked oh. me, so I, was, I, I was okay and I was left. The laughter is not working. I have a spark, you know, shin, I guess, for a little bit. But I like that moment. And what I love about you is you bring that to people. And yet now you got the free priest and we'll give the address. What moves you in the conversation um, that John's bringing up and Lisa's bringing up? You, you live it. You live this world. And I'm so delighted you're here. What moves you about the invisible and how you, what, yeah, what's moving to you? Or yes. what's moving um, in the conversation? Yes. What? Uh, you both, it seems, are talking about is touching your own invisible, touching the invisible within and without. Um, and uh, I keep learning about that, like having this studio, I've just had it now a few months, and it's a new uh, space for mm-hmm. um, touching the invisible, for doing yoga, mm-hmm. for doing mime, for bringing there's meditation there, and I bring in uh, different types of people, like as as you speak about in your book, East Meets West, it's a place for people to gather and share. They're touching the invisible in a sense. And what I discovered, it's been a really interesting thing because I've never uh, owned a studio before, I've uh, and... So it's a sacred space, and how to keep a sacred space in a in a studio has been teaching me how to keep a sacred space, how to touch the sacred space in myself and stay connected with it. Um, because here now, people are coming in. Like first, when I first opened it, I had a blessing, and um, uh, we brought in the angels and the different, you know, the blessings. And it really, Mm -hmm. truly was huge in the lightning and the the place lit up. And then what happened was that as people would come into the door, I saw that they were bringing their... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Their blessing. They were bringing Mm. what everybody holds 
uh, whether they knew it or not, that they were stepping in to this space. It was, I was being blessed by them a billion fold. And mm. so I think that that's been a huge learning <laughs> and to honor mm. each person and to that each person walking in, giving, you know, uh, sharing at the, you know, mm-hmm. taking class offering that is actually blessing the studio. And I think maybe that's what we're talking about here a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I told John yesterday, Janet, that he's going to Hawaii, so it surprised him. And I think he's still integrated because I, I just got that <laughs> yeah. feeling that, that John, this, this would be a, a great opportunity. So when, when, uh, when Janet shares that, what comes to you about, you know, because I think Janet said to me yesterday, she said, relational. Like the relational part of awakening is such a big deal. And, and, and when I think about the older teachers, it seemed very austere, very serious. But somehow what Janet said that people came and brought the blessing and that opened her up. What comes to your mind as you prepare to possibly give a seminar in, at the Kauai Center, Janet Center? What comes to you about the opportunity when people come together to awaken together? Anything particular about the relational part of that? Yeah. Well, first, something that Janet said about the invisible comes to mind. And, and really okay. what, what's being spoken about is the metaphysical, that which is beyond the physical. Uh, and the senses keep us in touch with the physical creation. But we know that that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, beneath this physical is an entire metaphysical world. Uh, for example, a, when a single cell when conception occurs, you have this force enter the single cell. And then over a period of nine months, the single cell develops into this amazing organism with billions of cells in the most complex and infinite variety of functions and specializations. And what we're speaking here about is this invisible force, this all-powerful force, the force of life, the force of spirit, the creative power the sustaining power. And that is, in fact, what I am. You know, when Moses and Jesus said, I am that I am, the that is what they were speaking about, this omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent force that, in fact, is ourselves. Um, So we get a taste of that, like when Janet was speaking of, like, Mm -hmm. being aware of, of the the spirituality and the grace that exhibits her, that inhibits her, inhabits her space as a result of what she's doing there from the meditation and from the yoga and from the chanting, from these spiritual exercises, from this acknowledgement of that which is beyond just what we touch with our senses and hear with our ears, see with our eyes. Yes. My, yeah, I guess as John was saying that, Lisa and, and Janet, I realized that places carry energy and build energy. And Janet, yeah. you were acknowledging you're learning. We'll continue with the learning and the receiving of the invisible, a doorway to more wisdom and wonder in our lives. In a moment, John Adago, East Meets West, Lisa LaRose, Wonder is Forgiver, uh, Janet Caruso, Caruso. I'm still learning. I'm still learning, Jen. <laughs> Stay with us. I still am. I am. Caruso. I knew it. Thank you. Thank you. The Real Conscious Connection, Ohm Times Radio.
IOM FM. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of OM Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of OM Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Hello, I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, host of OM Times Magazine's flagship radio show, What is Going OM? My passion is sifting through information, research, and innovations from new thought teachers, speakers, and researchers pushing back the boundaries of what we know about life, energy, metaphysics, and the universe. I love shifting perceptions about who we are, why we're here, and how quickly impossible becomes normal when we open our minds, expand our awareness, and accept that the only limits that exist are those we place upon ourselves. So if you're the kind of forward-thinking, eager investigator of what lies beyond the current reality that most perceive, why not make a date to come play with me in the field of possibilities at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time every Thursday, and together we can discover what's really going on. Opiates has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. So I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth, spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. All right. Hello, you're listening to the Vibrant Living Network. I'm Glenn Brooks, along with John Adago, East Meets West. John's been studying and teaching this wonderful way we could access this ancient wisdom for many of the, of the teachers of the ages. John Karafa, owner of the new Kauai Yoga and Retreat Center. Of course, Lisa LaRose. You know, I wanted to comment. Uh, about nine years ago, I spoke to, I spoke to Dr. Jeffrey Schwartz. Dr. So I want to give us an interesting context. What's different and why, why the difference changes everything. So Dr. Jeffrey Schwartz at UCLA, his first book was on OCD. And what he noticed was that people that had meditated in the program at UCLA, his new book is called You Are Not Your Brain. Profound book. Profound book. So in the last, let's say, 30 years, I'm going to say the last seven years, it's showing that people are actually altering their brain through consciousness practice. So in You Are Not Your Brain, he's talking about consciousness changes the physical brain. It changes the brain. And I got together to do a series of dialogues. I want you guys to hold this in context because it's so profound. So we've only been able to document this and see it, let's say, in the last decade. So in the last decade, I had a a series of dialogues as we talk about this. I guess you could say I talked to the psychiatrist, Bill Pettit, and when he made a distinction, he said, well, there's a soul mind and the rational mind. Now, when you deal on the soul mind, you actually change the physical brain. This is all new. So when I say new, what's new is we just have another whole way of holding and seeing the stuff that we, that we hadn't. Retreats, I call them retreats and forwards. John, I have this vision of, again, you, you being going to Kauai. I, I really feel like that's, there's a spiritual connection you have with Janet. I love, I love cultivating those connections. I didn't know what I was doing in my life. Uh, it seemed like forever. I always felt misplaced. I was misfitted. But I met the psychiatrist, Wayne London, and he said, he goes, Glenn, he goes, you come here to make connections. And he goes, that's it. You, you make the kind of connections that are unusual and distinct. 
So as an example, I had no idea at the rational level. How many times it looks like something's going to fail in your life? I want to ask you guys all this. It looks like it's going to fail. It's not going to work out. It's going to crash. I put an event together in Vermont, and the, it, the weather was crazy cold. It was 30 below zero. Dr. Wayne London was speaking. He was going to give a talk on the relationship between contact, hard contact lenses and breast cancer, and also the relationship between schizophrenics and cancer. Some stuff that a lot of people, as an example, schizophrenics barely ever get cancer. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was talking about the idea of having schizophrenics and cancers on the, on the same ward. How would it influence each other? We continue this conversation with another doctor. Only 100 people come. And I think, you know, oh my God, this thing, this thing is really not good. So this woman comes to the lecture, all right? Now, I want you guys to play with this. There's a linear world and the rational world, and there's the miraculous that sits underneath it, as, as per Lisa's wonderful quote from Ospensky about In Search of the Miraculous. So what happens is I think the event's no good. Lane, Lane calls me up, and he says, Glenn, there's a woman that attended our lecture. And I said, yeah. This is six months later, by the way. Sorry to give you that. She sold 100,000 copies of a book on bipolar depression, and she writes in her forward from a little lecture I heard in Vermont. So we got to take a look. We got to forget about the facts because the miraculous is beyond facts. We got to listen to each other. So the purpose of retreats and forwards in modern day times is to be able to have this listening team invisible that often goes discarded or is disrespected or not even acknowledged in ordinary, in this ordinary life. So, well, first of all, thank you, Lisa, for the wonderful quotes that you bring because it opens up another whole context that is ageless and allows us to put in perspective to bring into our lives. John, when you think about a group of people, I think, you know, our good friend, Dr. Norm Schilly, neurologist or a neurosurgeon, he spent a million dollars studying what congruence is in our life. I'm wondering when you're sitting in a studio, I want to get your take on this. When you're sitting in a Janet studio in Hawaii, everyone's come for a blessing. They've come for it to be in the invisible. Do you feel that creates a, a coherence in the room? that changes the brain and consciousness in a way that's different than a solo practice. And is that the purpose of retreats? Is that part of the purpose of good relationship? Well, yes. Uh, a group is, is actually quite essential to spiritual work. You need the company of other people who share your aim to deepen the experience and quality of your life. You need people who are, inquiring in the same direction, reading the same books, that have developed a vocabulary around consciousness and spirituality and wakefulness so that they can begin to communicate with each other specifically about the efforts and endeavors that they're making in their individual lives. We may read a book about a particular spiritual exercise or a contemplative practice or a meditation, and we may take that up. But we need verification. We need to come into a group of people, speak about what our actual aims and spiritual practices are, and hear other people report on the same experiment. This is not mysticism. This is really science. We're talking about verifiable truths, about moving along the spiritual path according to the scientific method of observation, verification, report back, sharing. This is how the experimentation of our spiritual life becomes actualized and grounded in reality. I want to I do this because Jenna's got to go. She's at a retreat center in Kauai. 
We're going to do it. She'll be on with us next week. Sorry, we didn't get to speak. Oh, we're going we're gonna to have you guys meet off the air, by the way. John, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an, an, a, a introduction, a proper introduction. So, okay. Janet, thank you, Chris. Thank you. So, what I want to do, Janet Carafa, go ahead and give out your, your website information, and we'll have you on again. Love you so much, <laughs> Janet. Go ahead. I'm working on the last thing. New Yoga Center on Kauai, on the north shore of Kauai, it's in paradise, is Hot Yoga Princeville. So you can go to hotyogaprinceville.com. And we're holding, we have hot yoga every day. We have kundalini meditation. We have TN there. We have um, uh, and personal um individual spiritual retreats on Kauai, and we're going to be bringing John over, I see. <laughs> yay, yay. And, yeah, and Glenn. Yeah, and, yeah. and Glenn. Lisa's going to be all kinds of therapy so I could fly, but yes, and Glenn. Yes, yeah. Lisa too. And uh, it's magnificent. Thank you. And so please come, and uh, yes, we'll talk more about it. Thank you. So, aloha. Next week. Aloha. Blessings. Okay, next week. All right, John. Thank you. Thank you. Aloha to you. Bye. Aloha. John, I got a special, I got, I got such a special next, this next lady, John, changed my life 30 years ago. I'm going to introduce you to her. I'm going to take you by surprise. I know you don't know she's on the show today, so I'm going to, with your permission, I'm going to, I want to surprise you with a wonderful medical doctor that over 60 years ago, she's 98 years young. She's still in practice. She married the idea. She married the idea of living medicine, living medicine and eternal gratitude. How our moods and our attitudes and our questions transform our living temple. She is one of the greatest uh, contributors to the field of what I would call brain soul medicine. She's also asked people to really re-examine: are, are they? Are they living with like her most one of her most secret questions, Donna, Doctor Gladys McGarry? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. John has carried on in the tradition of, uh, you know, people like Edgar Casey, who was considered one of the greatest, uh, you know, medical clairvoyants and, and healers. And she's with us today for a series, John. So I thought it, it was so, it was great to be able to have her on today. Uh, thank you. And have her on with Lisa. So, so I want to thank, I want to thank and welcome you, Dr. Gladys McGarry. Thank you. Thank you. I'm yeah. really happy to be here. Yeah, no, I'm very happy. I've been, I want to tell people, I want to let John and Lisa know, because I don't know if you know this. So I was so moved meeting you 30 years ago at the ARE conference in Virginia. Ago, really? 
Oh my God! You know what? It's not, I apologize. It's not thirty years ago. It's thirty-seven years ago. It's thirty-seven <laughs> years ago. You spoke. You spoke, and one of the, I just remember being so struck. And one of the things you said, because uh, I was talking to Rose about it, your producer, that there was there was a story you told about a German woman that had 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 tumors in her breast, had tumors yeah, in her breast, yeah. and you said that she looked at the tumors, she looked at her breast, and said, "Leave now." And I thought, wow, I just started to realize no one ever taught me conscious will. No one ever taught me that I have an impact and I can relate to conscious in a very practical way. So, John, she was Dr. McGarry was one of the great influences. So four weeks ago, I said, I got to recontact her and to be able to speak to her last week and do it to, to work with you and have Lisa be a part of it. Uh, God, it's just an honor to uh, to have you here. And I, I want to ask you, for you, what is living medicine? What we're going to tell the story is living medicine, eternal gratitude. What does that mean to you after more than 60 years of living it, practicing it? What does that mean to you deeply today? And welcome deeply well, to my it heart. Means, it means for me that life itself is the great healer. Life and love combined bring about healing of any sort it does the modality is less important in fact i was talking to um uh, a physician who runs a big hospital chain here and he said now gladys i don't understand how we're going to do this he said we we're talking about living medicine but but we've got osteopathy we've got chiropractic we've got uh massage therapists we've got you know all of these different things how in the world do we bring them together so that they they so we understand what it is that we're doing yes. and <clears throat> my answer to that was well as long as we're working towards with diseases and trying to kill and get rid of diseases we'll never be able to do that are we really have to change a make a paradigm shift in what we think healing is and shift from killing to living. Because no matter what the modality is, if the focus of that modality is to bring more life into the body, into the person's life, into their whole being, then that's living medicine. You, there are times, you know, if uh, surgery is not bad. If if I have an ruptured appendix, I'd better get that appendix out. Yes. And 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 um, um, prescription medicines. There's some prescription medicines that have helped a lot of people a long time. They may not. They may have helped the disease, but they may and not. They may or may not be cured. But the point is that. Life goes on, and if your focus is towards enhancing life, you're working with living medicine. It's so, it's so beautiful. John Adago has written several books, uh, East Meets West. He's, uh, he studied the work of, of Gurdjieff and some of the other masters. When you hear Gladys' definition of living medicine, John, as a teacher of, of practical, mystical ways of, of well, well-being and waking up, how does it strike you as listening to that? What Gladys well, just said. It's quite inspiring. Um, and uh, you know, the doctor is speaking about restoring or helping people to get in touch with their essential life force and restoring health. 
what the master teachers spoke about. Yes, and what mm. the master teachers spoke about is then once having achieved the state of health, how do they reach for something higher or deeper in the sense of an awakening, of an acknowledgement of a unity with a, a universal life, a universal force? So the doctor is bringing people to the point where they're restored to well-being. And then the master teachers spoke about, well, then what is the purpose and the, the, the aim of the life journey? Having restored the health and the vitality, now we can move from the mundane to the magnificent, to the miraculous. Oh, I like that, John. The mundane to the magnificent. Gladys, I want to ask you something. Go ahead, Gladys. Excuse me. But um, what I like to say is that my job is to contact the physician within each patient because that's the part that brings about the healing. And, you know, I've for years and years I've heard people say, well, if you have your health, you have everything. I don't think so. I think if you have life, you have everything. You know? If you have what? You have, I missed that last word. If you have what? If you have life, you have everything. Yes. And yes. and life can't sustain itself without love. Yes. So, so I think you're absolutely right. In order to be <clears throat> truly, you know what it is I think we're working towards in my way of thinking. We're re- trying to reclaim our true humanity. We we don't know that we human beings are divine, and so in the process we we just we think we're just you know we don't know what we are. <laughs> right, right. Lisa, did you want to? You I heard your beautiful voice. Yeah, no, you know uh, I'm just listening to to John and Gladys, and you know I so much honor both of you because um you know you you both encourage everybody to access their own inner wisdom and and i think that that's really a a gift you know so many people look to somebody else for approval or they look to a a physician and they say okay well you know they're the one who knows best rather than honoring uh your your true self so you know thank you both for for that reminder because it you know it, it's so critical to if if in your heart you don't feel that something's right you know to listen listen to that to that inner wisdom so uh, dr gladys i have a question for you. you have the village for living medicine i saw when i was exploring the website um uh-huh. could you could you uh, share a little bit about how that dif- differs from uh, what most people think of as uh, a, a village? Well, we're we're mm. in the process of building the village for living medicine. You know, we're working uh-huh. on that. But let me tell you what I I, I use for the, uh, some words I use for the foundation for living medicine. I have five L's that I think are the foundation. The first one is life. If you're not alive, nothing else counts, really. The second one is love. Love activates the life. The third is laughter. We've got to put some mm. juice into it. The other two dry up if you don't mm. put some juice into it. So laughter mm. is vital. Fourth is labor. We have to work at it. You know, it doesn't just happen magically. We have to be able to work at this. 
and labor is important. And the fifth is listening. So with these five L's in my construct, it, we form a, and it's not my construct, I mean in the construct of living medicine, so I'll put that better. Uh, we build the foundation. And I was going on and on about this a few years ago, and, and somebody said to me, so, okay, what about hope? What about gratitude? What mm. about forgiveness? Mm. And I said, well, those are the building blocks with which you build on the foundation for living medicine. Our problem has been that we haven't had a foundation on which to build it, except until we get into our deeper understanding of what life's all about. But this gives us a, a, a construct on which to build the foundation. So our, our village for living medicine is starting with a birthing center and then allowing, a, well, we'll have three major focuses, education, research, and then the clinical. Because we need, and again, in my experience, it's wonderful to have the ideals and the concepts, but you've got to have some place to put them. I mean, the mm. Christ had to become flesh and dwell among us in order to become real. It's that Christ consciousness that we're working towards. And Dr. Gladys, to Dr. Gladys, hold on one second. We're going to take a brief, brief pause. Dr. Gladys McGarry, Living Medicine, Eternal Gratitude. It's going to be a year-long series. We're going to invite you to participate engage and laugh and love and, and join us in this along with John Adago East Meets West and of course my precious Lisa LaRose producer and co-host stay with us your life's precious enjoy it feed your soul with waves of consciousness on Ohm Times Radio Ascending Hearts is no ordinary dating site but a spiritual dating site with a purpose to link you with your soulmate we engineer the serendipity so you can trust that you will attune with someone that has the same matching vibration as you. Ascending Hearts, the conscious dating site for the spiritually aware. Try Ascending Hearts for free. AscendingHearts.com More than 24 million Americans have an autoimmune disorder, and that number continues to grow. I'm Sharon Saylor, and I'm one of those 24 million. To put that number in perspective, cancer affects about 9 million and heart disease up to 22 million. That's why I've brought together top experts and those thriving regardless of their diagnosis to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information. Join me, Sharon Saylor, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio to find out how to live your life uninterrupted. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. I'm grateful today to bring you Vibrant Living, Glenn Brooks, Vibrant Living Network, along with Dr. Gladys McGarry, Living Medicine, Eternal Gratitude, Lisa LaRose, co-host, family member, John Adago, East Meets West, and bringing the ancient teachings into our lives as human beings today, how to bring that alive. You know, I, be, I realized, I don't know, 15 years ago, I'm a blinker. And what I mean by that is I blink and I see things. And sometimes that takes my, another aspect of my mind, mind a while to catch up. 
when I when I discovered Dr. Gary was still teaching this wonderful stuff, living it, and asking people to ask a different question. A different question is how can we become more alive, more buoyant, more radiant, filled with energy, filled with love, filled with laughter. I realized my blink was I wanted to produce something that would be a mentorship membership club, and I called Lisa and I said, "This we got to take. We got to immediately open up this portal." Because there's literally millions of people, they're focusing on battling against something rather than engaging something. Kind of like the media. See, what the media communicates mostly is that these outside effects, you know, the, the, the fire of the day. It's very rare we have the kind of conversation like we have now. We talk about what's underneath that, which cultivates more life, more wonder. And, of course, part of life and wonder is the kind of questions we ask each other. So, of course... Uh, Dr. Gladys, you ask people a certain question. I heard it's pretty regularly when they when they consult with you, when they're going through some, some kind of challenge with their health. What sort of questions might you ask one? I was thinking about one in particular I heard you ask. Share with us about questions as an avenue to deep, radiant healing. Well, one of the questions that I ask is, what do you want to get well for? And it's, it's a question that um, a lot of people have never, ever thought about. They uh, so it stops them, and they have to begin to think about what they want to get well for. That's not my business. You know, it, what they mm-hmm. want to get well for is their business. Uh, it, it could be take care of a cat. I I don't I, don't, I have no uh, judgment on what they want to get well for. It's it's their issue. But when they begin to focus on that. They get deeper inside themselves frequently, which they never would have done without it. So it's an important question. And and to add to to that, I like to talk about aging into health. Say more. The things that are healthy now for me were not healthy when I was 75. I mean... I don't want to be 75 again. I'm happy to be this age because, you know, I've got I've got hearing aids and I've had cataracts and I've had a hip replaced and all that kind of stuff. But that's mm-hmm. that's part of making my life more livable at this age, so that I feel I'm aging into health. I want to ask you something, and then I will hear from, I want to hear from Lisa. And John, I I did a series. I, by the way, that was so beautifully stated. So it's not a perfectionistic notion of something. It's really the notion that you take life and you work with things that are there and you become more alive. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like right. you have the quality of life and aliveness now that you would never trade for being 75. No. Uh-uh. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, I want to I ask you about this one. I want to ask you. upstairs faster, but <laughs> yes. that's the same thing. L- yeah. Lisa's challenging you to a stair race, I believe. Lisa, are you going to challenge uh, Dr. Gladys for a stair racing? Anytime. Just wondering. I'm sure she'll do Anytime. Okay, she's ready, Dr. Gladys. Um, okay, here's what I want to run by you. I want to get your feedback, and John, I want you to listen to this. I did a series with an oncologist who was at, at Sloan Kettering 20 years, Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. And one day, Nick, we became very good friends. And one day, Nicholas told me, and I want to get your take on this from a living medicine point of view. So people travel the world to see Nicholas for pancreatic cancer conditions. And Nicholas told me he wouldn't work with someone until he had faith. His faith was very important. The other thing he told me, he says, Glenn, not one person has died from cancer. And he goes, I say this to you as someone who has been an oncologist 35 years. He goes, no one dies from cancer. They die from the shock of the diagnostic. 
as soon as the oncologist passes the, 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 the diagnosis, that's like almost like a death sentence. In living medicine, and a lot of people say when they say cancer, they go, well, that's it. So I want to ask yeah. you, in the world of diagnostics, tell us from a living medicine point of view. I'd love to get your comment and your healing feedback that when people console you and say, I have this diagnosis and I'm, I might die. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, death isn't our enemy. We, we mm. try so hard uh, to forget, you know, to, to avoid death that we forget to live. But let me tell you my own personal story about cancer. Okay. <clears throat> about oh, three, three years ago or something like that, I was uh, speaking at a, my son's place in Austin, Texas, and, and I made a statement which I had made many times before from the podium, and that was, I'm tired of, of uh, telling women look for bre- for lumps in their breasts. I said, I have patients that uh, are so scared of their breasts, they won't even touch them. And I have other women who just mash the heck out of them trying to look for breasts, for lumps, and sometimes they find them. But anyway, uh, I said, I think, don't you think it's a lot better to look down and look at your breasts and say, hello, girls, how are you? Do you have a message for me? <laughs> and this, this, this time when I said that, I repeated that twice, and I said, and let me tell you, folks, if your breasts have a message for you, they'll give it to you. You'll, you'll get a message. I had never mm-hmm. made that added statement on that. So I come home, and I'm working in my garden, and the yeah. shovel shifts, and I get a i it hits me in my breast my left breast and i have a huge um a large uh hematoma well i used castor oil packs and arnica and things and it went down but it didn't completely go away so after a couple mm. months or so i thought well you haven't had a mammogram forever and you better get one so i got a mammogram mm. and sure enough there's some cancer cells there well i said to myself and i said to my daughter you know there are cancer cells in this lump, but I don't have cancer. I have a lump that has some cancer cells in it. So I'm going to get that lump out because I don't want it in there. And um, I could go through the process of, of doing it without surgery, but I'm too busy right now to do that. So <laughs> I'm, in order to live my life, I'm going to get it out. But, but, in, but in order to do that, I took time to tell my to talk to this lump, and I and I I made that lump into a lovely little um, suitcase that was all hand embroidered. I mean, engraved and everything. It was just a lovely little suitcase. And I yes. said to I said to that lump, "Now you're there. You're right here, and I know where you are." And there are cancer cells all, all over the rest of my body. Everybody has them someplace. So I want you to send out an invitation to every cancer cell that's in my body and invite it to a family reunion. Get them all in there. You know, pack them into that little suitcase. And because when, when you all get in there, I'm going to send you on a journey, on a really big journey. And so... Um, I went ahead, got the lump out, and, you know, I'm cancer-free. I, I just, mm. I don't even like to say I'm cancer-free. 
I, nobody is cancer-free. Everybody's got some cancer cells floating around. It's just mm-hmm. if they if there's a reason for them to come that you have to pay attention to. See, I had to, after I repeated that tw- uh, twice in front of a whole audience, my body says to me, okay, you, <laughs> let's see what you do with it now. <laughs> <laughs> you got tested, huh? You got, you got challenged. Yeah. 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 So right. I never listening to the Vibrant Living Network. My, yeah. I told all my people I don't have cancer. I have a lump in my breast that has cancer cells in it. Mm. I'm going to do, get do you feel distinct? Do you feel like what you just did changes the whole world? You distinguished something. So a lot of people don't distinguish it. So they'll say they 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 claim something, but they don't distinguish. You made a pretty powerful distinction. You distinguished that the, the tumor or the lump has cancer, but you don't have it. How powerful is our language in relation to our love, our gratitude, and our healing, our language? Because you, you, you distinguish your language, and I love how you did that. It's, it's huge. It's huge because words are things. Words are, are important, and it's important to real. Let me tell you how important words are. Can I tell another story? Please. Thanks. Hello? Yeah. Okay, yes, years yes. ago. Yeah, okay, years ago I had two um patients, both women. Both of them had lupus and they were both in my office the same uh, day. And one woman was a, a person who had lupus and no matter what I did or what she did or what anybody did, it, she'd try it a little while and then it wouldn't work and then we'd work try something we'd try and it wouldn't work. So that was going on. So I saw her that morning, and we tried something else, and so we'd see how that would go. But later on that morning, I saw another patient. This woman had uh, been diagnosed with lupus 10 years prior to my seeing her. And she had wakened up one morning 10 years before I saw her, lying in bed, and she said to herself, am I going to spend the rest of my life like this in bed? And she said to herself, what is it that's keeping me in bed? And she said, aha, it's pain. So she said, okay, pain, see that chair that's empty there? You go sit in that chair and don't you ever get out unless I let you. (laughs) So she, with a great deal of help from her, her family and her doctor, she mobilized herself. And when I had seen her, when I started seeing her, it was 10 years later, she'd been a teacher and she always left a chair open in her classroom so that if pain started up, she sent pain into that chair and didn't stop her teaching. And so I thought, wow, you know, that's that's great. When I went out to my car at lunchtime, I saw the license plate of the lady who couldn't get over lupus. Her license plate said lupus. <laughs> so you see, she had become lupus. She had ex- she thought she was doing a good thing by helping people who had lupus to understand that she had lupus so she could help them. Well, that's just mm-hmm. helping the disease. It's not helping you. So anyway, what's the best? What's the best? Oh, that's beautiful. The other lady that the other lady that had lupus, mm-hmm. she yes. didn't really get over the lupus. She didn't try killing it or anything. She dealt with the pain. And as she did that, she lived her life. So she, you know, she never, 
identified herself as a lupus patient. She and I had to work with what the symptoms that she had that she was working with, but that hadn't stopped her. I'm so happy we have this year-long series to explore this, uh, Dr. Gladys McGarry, this, uh, the subject being living medicine, eternal gratitude, the stories of a new level of health and well-being that's uh, – well, first of all, I love it that we're not battling we're not battling ill health, we're not battling death. We're embracing the bigness of life and living did you say aging in reverse. We're we're or, or healthy aging is is another aging into health. Uh, aging to uh, aging into health. Okay. What's the best website that you'd like to give? And then I want to go on and get John's website and Lisa with one wisdom's website. Go ahead. What's the best website that you want to share today, Doctor Glass? Is there a website you want to refer people to? Website. website. Is there a website you want to leave? Yeah. Our Foundation for Living Medicine website. Is it Foundation for Living Medicine? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. And then, John, for awakening the books from East Meet West. (laughs) And Ancient Wisdom Can Enrich Your Life Today. Those two books. And the website is thejourneyback.net. Thejourneyback.net. I may make a quick comment. I was quite inspired by her. Please, question. please, please, Why, please. What is it that you wish to get well for? To me, that, that that that's really quite an inspiring question. And the same question is asked on the spiritual path of what is your aim? Not, yeah. I mean, there's an aim for a lifetime, like the aim and purpose of your life. But practically in the mo- moment, in the morning when you wake up, what's the aim? What is it that I think will fulfill right. what it is that I think will enrich my, my sense of self and well-being. Right. My aim is such an important principle, not just to get healthy, but also to then further the journey to a deeper meaning of life. Right. Love right. And, and there's an Edgar Casey statement that says, ideals bring people together. Ideas separate them. Huh. Mm. Lisa. One wisdom. How can people be in touch with you? I also I love I love the John comment. What's your comment? What's what's been particularly moving? So many things, Gladys, Dr. Gladys, that was moving. What what moved you today? If you had to say, what was what stirred you? The, Are you asking me or John? No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm asking I'm asking Lisa. Um, okay, good, good. I, I didn't want to be silent if I wasn't supposed to be. Oh, no. And, and, you know, just the, the fact that, that you all embrace, you know, life and love and living fully and recognizing, you know, John's put in 45 years of, of hard work, the labor that Gladys has talked about. I know, Gladys, in building your foundation, you have put both, you know, your love and your labor and, and uh, so much of your laughter in, in all that you do. And it's So I just want to, we're, we got the few seconds left. I want to say, uh, Lisa LaRose, onewisdom.com, one wisdom. Gladys, it's just a blessing catching up with you. I feel so, so deeply happy to, to work with you on a regular basis and laugh and love with you. John, I feel like we've only just begun to get out your beautiful work. Your life's precious and joy, and I'm Glenn Brooks for the Vibrant Living Network. And I want to acknowledge the deep, trusting, wonderful relationship I have with Chris and the OM Times Radio Network. What fabulous partners in this. Thank you, guys. Blessings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.